Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Welcome in to episode 22 of Rip and Rock. The O's, AL East Division champs for the first time since 2014. How great it is to be a fan in Birdland. Awesome stuff, Rip. Yeah, I mean, pretty good. You took the words right out of my mouth, Rock. But hey, finally, it happened. A lot to celebrate. Everyone obviously excited. We'll dive into much more of that. But Baltimore, that's where the playoffs are going to be running through, Birdland. How about that? Have you thought about what we're going to name this episode? You got some time. It's okay. Didn't want to put you on the spot you there. Put me but on think, the of, spot. think of a good creative one. How about that? You've been good lately. So the O's win the AL East with the lowest payroll in the division and one of the lowest payrolls in all of baseball. Felix Bautista, he is gone for the year. But there's some good news to come out of that with his future with the club. We're going to talk about that. Gunnar Henderson, he's the most valuable Oriole, well-deserved, more hardware on the way for him. And he passes a family member of yours in the process on a big night at Camden Yards. You, 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 know, you have any ideas of who that is? Nope. Nope. Didn't think so. <laughs> As far as uh, we're gonna t- we're gonna touch on the tides winning the AAA National Championship. You've been a part of some celebrations with that club before. Um, really cool to see the guys down on the farm and the O's to continue to just produce talent at the level before the show in their farm system, the best farm system in all of baseball by far. Rips tips. Don't know what that's going to be this week. Usually never do. And then we're gonna preview the ALDS not knowing who the O's are going to play right now. And we're not going to know who the O's are going to, we're going to have an idea, but we're recording this at, you know, 1145 on a Sunday before everything is set in stone. So that's kind of on us, but time-wise, we kind of had to do it. Yeah. I mean, we're sticking to our, our routine, right? And obviously I have a feeling we're going to be talking about the Orioles a lot more. So the schedule could change even, even more as we get closer to game one of the ALDS, but hey, that's just how the cookie crumbles, and we'll get you prepared as as much as we can, or at least give you some entertainment for stopping by for another Rip and Rock. Can you believe we're at the end of the regular season? I can't, man. It's really cool to see. It's been a whirlwind, and you know, you made you made some predictions at the beginning of the season. Uh, some of them held true. I think it was the Red Sox and the Yankees to miss out on postseason play. That was correct, and. There were other ones in there I'm not going to bring up because, you know, I think I think it was uh, the Blue Jays maybe to win the division, but but the Blue Jays are in the playoffs as well. So you basically said the two top teams aren't going to make the postseason. And these three teams basically are the Rays, the Jays and the O's. And look what happened. Are you, are you Nostradamus or something like that? I mean, I don't even know. I don't even, even know who you are right now. Yeah, I mean, we can always uh, I did say Gunnar Henderson, rookie of the year, even when he went down. I think I, I got to go back and look at all of them. I just said Adley being the top five, top three MVP discussion. We'll find out where he stands. It's Otani's ward. It's going to be a, a 
change to the Shohei Otani MVP award after the season. But hey, uh, great, but who cares about my prediction? Yeah, I was going to say, people, great, yeah. great. Yeah, take yeah. a couple more victory laps there, bud. I might. I yeah, might. But should. I think, I think the victory laps we want to do is <laughs> this has been an incredible season that, that finally comes to an end for the regular season. But now the next journey is about to begin, which is that's, what, that's why you play the game. This is the exhilarating part. And fans have been waiting for years, really, especially this rebuild. You're wondering when it was ending. When is postseason baseball coming back to Baltimore? We got that answer last week with the Orioles clinching a playoff spot. And then this week, the Orioles are having baseball run through Camden Yards. And honestly, when the Orioles were in the playoffs those years back in the uh, 2010 decade, they weren't the number one seed. This is a truly special moment. And if I'm not mistaken, Rock, the Orioles, and correct me if I'm wrong, 101 team, first team since 1980 for Baltimore mm-hmm. to have 100 wins. So just truly spectacular. And I'm rambling on here, but hey, go O's, baby. Wow. You just got loud there. Let's get loud. Let's I mean, you know what's going to be loud? Birdland comes Saturday, October 8th. No, I know. So, sorry, October 7th. Yes, 7th and the 8th. It's going to be insane at Camden Yards. I mean, it is going to be somewhere as a baseball fan. You want to be there. So fans out there listening, fans out there watching, I really hope you've, you've purchased your tickets. You're going to go support the O's at the yard if you can, if you can, because it is going to be a great time. Playoff ba- baseball, that atmosphere is just something different. So the O's, they, they pull that off and... I don't think, I mean, the second half of the season, it surprised anyone how successful they were and how good they were and how resilient they were. And they did it with the third lowest payroll in baseball per spot track and the lowest payroll in the AL East. The two top teams in the AL East have the lowest payrolls in the division. And then you have the Yankees that were eliminated. They have the highest payroll in the AL East. And it's just incredible to see kind of the parody of baseball this year and how it's all worked out. And the O's right at the top, best team in the American League, one of the best teams in all of baseball. They they secure that pennant, AL East pennant for the first time since 2014. So that that is huge. And you know a little more fun fact as far as spending money. Again, you like to see your team invest, right? But if you're not going to invest the dollars, which the Orioles weren't doing that right now, what they what what really makes a, su- a successful foundation of an organization is investing in your players and investing in your development, and that's why teams like the Orioles and teams like the Rays are playing as good of baseball as anybody in Major League Baseball. I mean, the Orioles top team in the American League, the Rays right there with them, but on the other side of it, the Mets, the Yankees, Padres, those are the top three payrolls in all of Major League Baseball. I think everyone knows. You saw what happened this season. Buying those types of rosters isn't always going to accumulate to success. And actually, we're going through the top seven. Four of the top seven payrolls going into the 2023 season missed the playoffs. The other one being the Los Angeles Angels, which that has been an absolute <laughs> dumpster fire, dumpster fire yeah, mess of a situation. But you get my point. So just tremendous what the Orioles have done and continue to do. And I will say though, Rock, I think uh, they will have some some. They will be spending more now that the team is is moving. But um, it's just great to see how quickly things have turned for for Baltimore. 
yeah, Mike Elias and Brandon Hyde have done such a phenomenal job. It is really cool to see the team come together. The Adley Rutschmans, the Gunnar Hendersons. One of the coolest moments, I think, from that clincher for the division was Dean Kramer being on the mound and Dean Kramer getting credited for the win. He started that game, and Dean Kramer was really involved in the trade for Manny Machado that kicked off the rebuild. Yep. So Dean Kramer at the time, I'm sure Bird, like I wasn't here for that, but Birdland was probably like, who the heck is Dean Kramer? Who is this guy? We're getting him for Manny Machado and a few other guys. Like he wasn't even supposed to be the guy that they got in the return. And Dean Kramer has turned into the guy, the guy out of that trade. So good for Dean to be able to do that. His career has has risen. And I mean, for him to be on the mound for that, it's just a full circle moment that, that's really cool to see. And it's just a testament to the rebuild, how successful it is. It's a testament to Brandon Hyde and how the O's stuck with him. He had tears in his eyes. He, he's a guy that, that said before the game after they clinched, he doesn't want to get emotional. He's not an emotional guy. He said he hates seeing that, the tears. Yeah. But as a fan, as a human being, I think you can appreciate what Brandon Hyde has done, what Brandon Hyde has been a part of, how he's managed the ball club. You might not always agree with his decisions, and I've seen people, you know, it's the Twitter fingers, but they get on him. You're in and you're out, and even this season, and it's like they're questioning some of the decisions he's made. But he did it all for the good of this team, this club, and now they're ALE's champs for the first time since 2014. So shout out to Brandon Hyde. Shout out to Mike Elias. Yep. They've done a great job. They've, they've uh, the, the entire organization done a great job. And for one more thing with Brandon Hyde, I was worried he wasn't going to get the chance to see this through. You know, and, and quite frankly, the Orioles might have been looking at how last year went. And you can say what you want, like you said, but you cannot deny how incredible and how resilient and how just professional Brandon Hyde has been through this whole process. Mm -hmm. I don't, if, I mean, I don't think anyone fully understands. If you go through life, you play in all these travel teams, unless you maybe you lost this much, but I don't think it's the same. Brandon Hyde had to just deal and the team losing over and over and over again those couple years first few years of him being there and then to turn it around not just from a yes last year you got a glimpse of it but then the Orioles went from in predictions this year a lot of teams or a lot of people out there ex expected the Orioles to finish in last in the American League East this year so to go from being predicted last and every co and Brandon Hyde and knows even referenced it of you know no one's you know no one gives us a chance really not a lot of people did and not only did they not give him a chance at the playoffs they gave him no chance at the division, and the Orioles are on top of it. He's done a remarkable job. The players love him. And just to see, if you go back and look at his faces over the years, you can just see the joy. And there yep. is, and, and that's the type of moments I'm talking about. We talk about going through the dog days. Hyde went through the dog years. And now to be able to see this Orioles team, and, and the job's not over, but to be here, yeah, I'd be emotional too. Like that, that, that. That gets me fired up and choked up because I know how much time and effort him and his staff have put in to help be a part of this change and, and culture change for this Orioles team. Yeah, man. And it's, I, I cannot, I can believe that they won the AL East, but it's so surreal to even think about the losing years, the 100 lost seasons, and to where the Orioles are now. I mean, Birdland, that, that's, 
got to just put an absolute smile on your face. You got to be soaking this all in, as you should, because those of you that, that have supported this team through thick and thin, through the bad times and the good, you deserve this just as much as this ball club does. Some not so good news going forward. As the O's continue their post for a, you know, for a World Series, that's the ultimate goal. That's what they want out of this season. Uh, they will be without Felix Batista for the remainder of not only this season, but likely the entire 2024 season as well. Mike Elias breaking the news yesterday in a pregame press conference before the O's took on the Red Sox. And he announced that Felix Batista will undergo Tommy John surgery um, on that right UCL injury. So it, it really wasn't a matter to me of if this was going to happen, it was a matter of when. Did they wait? Would they wait until after the season? Would they try to test Felix? Would he try to? you know, test his arm out, which he did. He was out there throwing right. before games, trying to see if he could go and kind of like a simulated, not necessarily a simulated, but, you know, simulating an inning, trying to throw. So for Felix Bautista, it's tough. He wanted to be out there. He put something out on Instagram where he wanted to be a part of the postseason run. He still will, but just not on the mound. And that's a tough blow because Felix was arguably the best closer in baseball, if not the best. So. For him to not be with the team, it's tough, but Felix is just a part of the celebrations, and he was. He was popping bottles of champagne when, when they won the, uh, when they you know, clinched a playoff berth. I wasn't in there for the AL East clinch, but I believe that Felix was in there as well. Could be wrong, could be wrong. Morgan was in there. So it's, um, for, for Felix, it's, it is a tough blow. And, but the good news out of this rip, they did sign him to guaranteed contracts for the 2024 and 2025 seasons. Um, believe they avoid arbitration. So that's, or it's like a word that I'm not thinking of right now because I haven't had my coffee yet. But um, you look like you haven't had yeah, your coffee. Yeah, I know. I, I look like absolute, just not great. But <laughs> it's something similar to what they did with John Means to keep him throughout his injury. They want to secure Felix. Um, he gets the financials, and as he should, because he deserves it. So they're going to have Felix for at least 2025 season. And that's when Mike Elias said, hey, like we expect Felix Bautista to be Felix Bautista again in spring training of 2025. Yeah, and, and look, for everyone saying, well, they should have just got it done and have him give him a chance to come back and pitch next year. There's no guarantee he'd come back next year, and no, there's no guarantee you're going to be in the same position next year as well. You hope, you think with the team that they have that, that the expectations now in Birdland are going to be sky high just because of the whole situation. Having said that, though, I, I do understand the competitive side of it of this was a chance. If, you, if he could do it, would you want him to try? And he did try. He, you saw him throwing the bullpens. You saw him going out there, and I talked about it with you. I, I was shocked by all of it because when you hear UCL, ultimately you're thinking if there's damage, if there's a tear, the only way you really can take care of that is you got to get surgery, right? So, yeah. look, for, for O's fans, you do this properly. He sits out. It's okay. You'll, we'll miss him in 2024. But if everything goes well, he's going to be back to being that dominant closer, especially what I expect for this Orioles to have a very successful run over the next years. Years, plural. So, tough moment, but hey. Rock, this bullpen, this team, even after his injury, everyone was worried would they fall off? They didn't. They could, every, yeah. every time they thought the team would fall off, they didn't. They did not. They could rely on Tyler Wells for that reliever role going forward. And 
Wells was on the mound for that AL East clincher. And I mean, for, for a guy like that to be able to do it, who's been there through the ups and downs. And I actually talked to him pregame of Friday's game, I believe. And I asked him, I was like, what, what does a moment like this mean to you for a guy who's been there through the ups and the downs of, you know, the hundred lost teams, what this team's gone through over the years. And he's like, he's like, man, he's like, I looked at John Means and we just smiled. And he's like, we were talking and they were, they were soaking in the moment as they should. Those two guys, especially. And you think of the, the Cedric Mullins, um, the Ryan Mountcastles, the Austin Hayes, guys that have been here through the ups and downs. I don't know how many times I'm going to say that in this episode, but for real, man, yeah. truly, it, it, that's what it's about. So that was kind of cool to see everything come full circle for those guys. A guy that was, I mean, he, he has been phenomenal this season and he's going to win the AL Rookie of the Year. It's, I mean, he's a lock. He's been a lock for, lock. I guess, the last like month, month and a half now. That's Gunnar Henderson. And he just continues to put up numbers, continues to come up big in clutch moments. And he is going to be a legend here in Baltimore. And, you know, very bright future ahead. Gunnar Henderson won Most Valuable Oriole. That's voted on by the media. Uh, Masson's Rockabaco presented him with the award. And a really cool moment before the O's took on the Red Sox last night, Saturday at Camden Yards. And for Gunnar, he has just had a fantastic season. Um, one that, you know, he's going to remember for the rest of his life. But what he did yesterday night, uh, he entered the night with 65 65 extra base hits as a rookie. It owes history. There were two people at the top entering last night with 65 extra base hits as a rookie. You want to take a guess at who they are? Uh, <laughs> I was trying to look up a fun gunner stat. Can you repeat that? Wow. Yep, I zoned him out, everyone. Am I ashamed? 60, Not really. Gunner had 65. Extra base hits in a single season for his rookie season. Oh, okay. Entering who last night, who was, he t- who was he tied with at the top? Oh, it's a, okay. It's a yeah, question. yeah, I mean, yeah. you should know. It shouldn't even be CRJ. Like, yeah, yeah okay, fine. Uh, that's why, maybe that's why I, I uh, zoned out. Yes, Calvin yes. Edwin Ripken. Yes, 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 yes. A couple more initials in there. Exactly. Not just CRJ, but yeah, CRJ, right? What was is that English that you just C-E-R-J? said? C-E-R-J? Calvin Edward. Yeah, Ripken but Jr. but it just abbreviates more to just C-R-J. But Calvin Edward Rifkin Jr. <laughs> uh, you know, Cal. Just, you know, Cal. Calvin. Yes, that guy. <laughs> so those two were tied atop the list for the most extra base hits for an Orioles rookie in a single season. And Gunner goes out in the eighth. He hits a double and he passes your father. Now has 66 stands atop that list there's no distance too far for the perfect trip hi checking in for or the perfect table hey where are you coming and when you get access to resi priority notify with your amex platinum card hey this looks amazing i'm so glad you made it and travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through amex travel it's worth the trip that's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. 
crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. The careers, those two, Gunner's got a long way to play, but we've talked about the similarities between those two, the motor they both have, and to be, what, tied for rookie home runs with him right now, and then to pass him for extra base hits. I mean, look at that. Look at that right now. I mean, the, the numbers and the stats don't lie for a rookie. So bright future ahead for Gunner, but being named the most valuable Oriole, well-deserving. I mean, I think it could have been Felix if he would have played the remainder of the season. Right. Unfortunately, he didn't. But I mean, what Gunner's done as a rookie, we expected him to be good, but he is at he's he's turned it up. I, I've you know I might have uh, ruffled some feathers with his comments of it when I've just watched more and more. When I did think that he's on a similar pace to what my dad accomplished, and I and I really thought that Gunner and I said five years when we've gone on TV that he'd be in it with be, well he would be an MVP, and then I changed that to the next two, and looking at all of it, there's no reason to change that thought process because I don't know if there's another player for the next 15 years. And I know people can say, well, Jackson holiday, and we'll see when he comes up to Baltimore. But for me, the next 15 years in the major leagues right now, I can't name many other players that I would want. You can make an argument for Ronald Acuna jr. For, um, uh, Julio Rodriguez out in Seattle, some of these young phenoms, but Gunnar Henderson is different. Honestly, I love my dad. And I think he was obviously a great player. Gunner, I think, is even more athletic than my dad. What made my dad very special was he had ability and he understood how to, to make himself a better player, the mental part of the game, that aspect of it. And Gunner's still learning, but physically, physical tools, you're seeing it on display. And I think the scary thing is, we talked about this is not as good as Gunnar Henderson can be. And the stat I wanted to pull up when I was ignoring Rocco here, by the way, after yeah. the month of... Uh, after the months of April and May, where it was off to a tough start, Gunner only ended up hitting 279 with a 330 OBP. He slugged 537. So if you want to add that math together there, that's an OPS of, I don't even know exactly because my math's off this morning here. You guys can do the math, but he's had 17 jacks since then. He had 11 still through the struggles of the first two months. But my point is, this is a guy, when you're looking at his numbers right there, you're going, man, that's someone's season right there. That's someone's season. He did that in three months. Imagine what he can do when he puts it all together for the entirety of a big league year. Yeah, and post-All-Star break, he's upped his batting average by 20. It was 246, now it's 266. That's quick maths for you. Uh, 15 home runs, two more than he had pre-All-Star break. And he's just hitting the cover off the ball. Well, and this the is ball hard. One more thing, too, and everyone's like, his lefty struggling against lefties. Well, guess what? His batting average got over 250 uh, versus lefties as well. So you're seeing the progression at this highest level. Yeah, he's not slugging as much against lefties as he does righties. But this is all about figuring out how to get better. And you could see throughout this season that Gunner was learning how to adapt at the highest level day after day. And you truly could go to the ballpark and watch it unfold in front of your eyes. Yeah, man. And if you're what you're also watching unfold in front of your eyes is down on the farm. So where Gunner once was not too long ago in Norfolk with the tides, 
And the Tides, the Orioles farm system, best in baseball by far, and they proved that again. The Tides went out and they won the AAA National Championship in Vegas. Colton Kowser hit a go-ahead grand slam. He was named the MVP. Looking at the talent they have, this team is not done putting its roster together for the future. While the rebuild is over, you know who you have. There are still pieces to put on that chessboard going forward. I think Colton Kowser is one of them for sure. I think, I mean, I know Jackson Holiday is one of the, one of them. He's the biggest piece right now that's not on the team, that's not up with the Orioles, and he will be in due time. Two months in to next year, ah, listen, you can't convince me that Jackson Holiday won't have an unbelievable spring training, and there's not a chance that he he won't be up there with the opening day roster. That's how good this kid is. That's how good he can be. So it wouldn't surprise me if that happens. But looking at those guys, Connor Norby, even Kyle Stowers, the guys that are there in place, and I know I'm probably missing some names as well, but those are the guys that I wanted to talk about because they were, most of them, Kowser, Stowers, some of the guys that are down there, up with the club, down with the club. And they played a huge role as well. Whether, whether it's the biggest role or not, every game, every win matters in baseball in a 162-game season, and they contributed to that. But the future is bright in Birdland for sure. Yeah, I mean, we, we could name 10 guys, you know, on that, on that roster. And that's just on the AAA team. You know, you, they're going to continue to build, and there's players even on the lower levels that are continuing to get better and better, and they're going to climb the ranks. And we talked about this. You don't know who's going to fully pan out at the big league level, right? That's the... That's the guessing game. But the part of developing the minor league system is think of it as the lottery, right? You're trying, you have a better chance if you have more tickets, right? Mm -hmm. You have more chances to hit. In this case for the Orioles, you feel like you have all these lottery tickets and you might be able to hit on more than just one. And we've seen that so far. I mean, look, the Orioles, Adley Rutschman, obviously number one overall pick. He lived up to all the all the hype of, 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 of everything, right? But the Orioles, guys like Gunnar Henderson coming out of high school and the high school players developing to that certain level, he's t- taken off. Kobe Mayo is a guy down there, high school kid who has just as much upside as any hitter in the Orioles system because of what he's capable of doing, and he can hit the ball about three miles. Uh, it feels like he can do it with the opposite hand. You guys should go watch him hit. It's really something special, but it... We talked earlier, too, about winning's hard. And what I love for this mentality of the group that they have is they're committed to their craft. They're committing to getting better. And regardless of what's happened or if they've had their failures at the big league level, some of the players that went up that you mentioned and came back down, some can be very discouraged by that. Some it can rattle them so much they don't know how to get back on track. Mm -hmm. But as professionals, they compete, and that's just their DNA. And whether that's a cultural thing with the Orioles or that's also the players, these high-character guys they're bringing in, you're seeing that effect at almost every level for the Orioles organization. So awesome to see. Glad that they could take it home. A lot of celebrations. I, I can only imagine. I can't wait to hear some stories. And hopefully then, we continue to see some celebrations up here in Birdland as well. How many more bottles of champagne need to be popped? Or how many? You got ALDS. ALCS World Series. World Series. So three more times the O's want to be celebrating. Pick three more three. times they want to be putting the plastic sheets in the locker room or in the clubhouse. Sorry, 
and covering them with beer and champagne. So that is the goal for the Orioles going forward. Be celebrating on top of the baseball world. Rips tips, what do you got? I think Rips tips for this week is we're to keep this light. Just, just remember to smile. I think at times, you know, when I'm looking at all this, we talked about Brandon Hyde and we talked about the Norfolk Tides winning their championship. For me, to look at all that, just it makes me smile. And I think sometimes there's, there's so much negativity that we can have that goes on in our lives or we look at something else and something brings you down. But we talked about how why people are so passionate about the Orioles because they, they care. It, it means a lot to their DNA. And you've endured a lot of negativity with the team over the years. But then also probably personally, you know, Rock, we talk about we have things in our own lives that go on on a day-to-day basis. But if we can take a step back and be able to appreciate something that is really cool to see or something that warms your heart, just remember to smile a little bit more because those are the moments that remind you of this is why you do something or, hey, there's more to life than this, this moment of frustration and anger. Mm-hmm. So just keeping it simple. And there's a lot of reasons to smile, especially if you're an Orioles fan. And I know and I've talked to a lot of people, the amount of joy that this team has brought to the community and bringing it back. And it was a sad day saying goodbye, you know, to Brooks Robinson recently. And with Brooksy, you know, we'll rock and I, we're going to talk about that more extensively, you know, um, for postseason. but talking about a guy that made a lot of people smile, yep. even though it was a sad moment, be happy about the moments he created and what he did to better the, the people around him. So life, life, life uh, can be complicated, but it can be very simple. And so I hope that people can realize, appreciate the ones around you and smile more when you can. You got a good Brooks story before we, before we preview the ALDS? I just, for, for, for Brooksy, I'll just say this, a couple things. One, my dad always told me growing up, Brooksy was the guy that he wanted to try to emulate his game after the professionalism, everything is what that man, well, my dad said, this is the guy. We'd go back, we'd watch highlights. He talked to Brooks too just energetic and last year i did an event with him mike bordick and my dad and just as quick-witted sharp <laughs> attentive and i'm thinking that that's really honestly and this isn't just like one story with brooks but that's just how he is all the time and you go how are you how are you this way how are you so yeah. upbeat and the thing was is that's just who he was that was his dna and that that was something even after all those years and him breaking down moments when he was earlier in his career was just wild to me and seeing the smile and having the detail that's when I think about smiling I could see in his eyes like the the story of his life I could see it all being poured out and I could see that excitement and energy I'm like man I want to I hope to be what Brooks embodied for the community I hope to be able to bring that type of impact so that's that's what I'll say with Brooksy and um, like I said I'm very sad to see him to go or see him go but I can't thank him enough for what he's done for my family and for this community, for the baseball community, and specifically the people of Baltimore. I've heard the stories. I never got to meet him. I was never fortunate enough to meet him or be in the same room with him. But watching the impact he had on the community, so many people that are named Brooks because of him here in Baltimore, it is so cool to see. And watching him, I believe it was last year, being driven around the stadium. Dusty Baker, when they played the Astros, coming out of the dugout to the top step and 
shaking Brooks's hand, Alex Bregman, who plays third base, talking to Brooks, smiling when he was talking to him. It's like players respect and love and want to emulate who this guy is because he's arguably one of the best third basemen of all time. And he wasn't the biggest and he wasn't the strongest, but watching those highlights and watching what he was able to do and watching him help bring World Series to Baltimore. I mean, can you really argue? That's, that's who Brooks Robinson was. And, and like I said, I can't tell you the stories about Brooks Robinson because I'm two years into this market. So unfortunately, I didn't have that connection, that bond with Brooks that some other people did here. But I really wish I would have been able to meet that guy. I mean, he's the impact he had. It, it's. I mean, it's everlasting. But, he, sure. but that's the thing. You can come from out of town. Yep. And you already know this. Like, I you are, you already Robinson can feel was. the impact and feel the, the stories just like that because that's what he's, what, what has been ingrained or what he's, his imprint he's had on this community for years. There and, are, yeah, man, there are like three people. I'd say two, but I mean, Jim Palmer's a legend. But yep. I would say there's three people that I really knew of from out of town when I was younger that I that I knew the names of that I was like okay like these are two of the best players in Orioles history it was your dad Cal Ripken Jr and it was Brooks Robinson those were the two names that you always heard about that was Orioles baseball Jim Palmer too I didn't really know much when I was younger younger until I got older yeah knew about the legend of Jim Palmer because I wasn't a baseball nut growing up but Jim Palmer as well man and like those three, it was like, all right, those those are Orioles baseball right there. They're 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 incredible, and for Brooks specifically, the term Mister Oriole just goes deeper than just playing for the Baltimore Orioles for Brooks. Yeah. But it, but it, it but that nickname for him really can paint a whole picture about who he is. But yes, the Orioles have a lot of great, impactful uh players but yep. were better people oh yeah that were be, been able to be a part of it and to see them eddie murray too i mean Ed, eddie i mean the we don't we can't talk about the earl weaver stories on here so we'll save that <laughs> we'll we save got, that for yeah because we're like earl, I'm earl, thinking, earl and frank and i, have I knew some, about even, eddie too yeah i even have eddie's a legend yeah I, I have stories with with talking about with eddie and frank yep. robinson and you know yep. that the thing we can go through the orioles you look at the history of this team i know yeah. we're a little bit off track here but the history of guys having Frank, Frank and Brooks Robinson, Earl Weaver, Jim Palmer, Eddie Murray, uh, you know, I guess Cal as well. But <laughs> but my point is, and those aren't those are obviously the names that went on into baseball history in yep. that sense. But man, we're talking about this is the next, and that was the other part of of with with Brooks passing is to understand of how much people appreciated what brooks did for the community and for baltimore but also this next generation it's the passing yeah. of the guard for this version of the baltimore orioles to rewrite the history books and, and that's something that i think we're all really excited to see now well said red let's uh preview the alds as much as we possibly can so looking at the postseason picture right now still a lot that can happen so right now the orioles I mean, they have the one seed. That's not changing. Postseason baseball in the AL will run through Baltimore. Right now, the Rangers are the two seed. That could change, can it? Yep. You got the Astros as the six seed. That could change. You got the Twins as the three seed. 
Blue Jays is the five, and the Rays is the four. So if you don't have this in front of you, the five and the four, that's the Jays and the Rays, would play, the winner would play the Orioles. That's right now. Then the two seed, right now that's the Texas Rangers, they would get the winner of the Astros and the Twins. I am, I'm pretty sure there's a scenario there. So the Rays are the top wildcard seed no matter what. They have that four locked up. They're locked in. So if they win, they're going to play the Orioles regard. Well, yeah, right? If if the Rays win, yeah, it's four four or five. I don't think that they they haven't changed the reseeding. That was always something that I saw. You know, play the lowest seed. It's going to be three three six winner plays the Twins. Sorry, uh, yeah, yeah, would three, be the four, three four, six four, winner yeah. plays the yep. two seed. Yep. So the Twins would play the wild card team there, and then they'd play either the two seed being Dude, the Rangers or the I, Astros. Yeah. It's confusing. It but, is confusing. But, but the reality is, we'll just put it this way: the Orioles have a very good chance that they're going to have to face a division rival in the ALDS, mm-hmm. or you're going to be playing a team like the Houston Astros or Texas Rangers. Yeah, yep. So regardless of it, very some very, very tough teams. I think Texas is really, I'd say, we're going to talk about it. It's like the team that maybe we didn't talk about as much yeah. because of they play Texas the first week of the, or, you know, first week or two of the season going to Texas. They came here. The Astros, the the element of it, and we remember that series when they came to Baltimore. So, so many different variables or, or situations, what we're saying. But, but Tampa Bay, uh, yeah, there there is a good chance that the Orioles and Tampa Bay could be could be doing the dance there, here again. Yeah, there is a chance there with the Astros. I believe the Astros and the Jays right now are tied for that second. What it's second and third wild card spot, but I believe the Jays have the tiebreaker. So if both teams lose today, I think that the Jays still get that five seed. But if the Astros win and the Jays or both teams win today, same thing. But if the Astros win and the Jays lose, the Astros, correct me if I'm wrong, would be the five seed. The Jays would be the six seed and the O's would face the winner of the Astros and Rays. Yeah, I, I think it's I think something like that. And and yeah. by the way, I was I don't know why I always second guess. That's a terrible habit of mine. But yes, there is no reseeding in the playoffs. No, no, no. I like I knew that I was it's, ninety it's I was ninety eight percent sure on that. Mm-hmm. But yes, there's no reseeding. So with the Rays being the four seed, very good chance the Orioles could see them as well. But regardless of it, it's gonna be a very tough matchup. Mm-hmm. And for Tampa, you're there. They could have back-to-back divisional rivals going to play against yeah. each other, and I hope for Orioles fans, if you guys were stressing about the first two games in Baltimore of that series, well, just wait for playoff baseball to happen here. Regardless, a lot of teams that are playing some pretty good baseball now. The Blue Jays, the Orioles have played very well against for this entire season, Rock, but they are still a team that is on the cusp of winning ninety games. You also have. Um, the Texas Rangers, who felt like they were falling off the face of the earth mm-hmm. for the season, and then all of a sudden, they were able to right the ship. They're going to the postseason, and that's a very dangerous offense. And then there's Houston. Yep. Then there's the Astros that just, you sit there, you're like, man, they're back in it. You can't count them out. They're still the defending champion, so it'll be interesting. And this isn't us talking about the Twins. It's the Orioles cannot play the Twins in any circumstance. That's why we're not even mentioning it. Yeah. Because they are locked and loaded into the three seed. And hey, they're in the dance. Even though the Central was weak, they were the best team to come out of it, and they actually do have a very excellent pitching staff. I think, Rip, that it's not out of the question right now. I mean, the O's got to buy. They needed rest. They're getting rest. That this team, fresh, 
healthy going forward. We don't know what the postseason roster is going to look like at this point in time, but we will have an idea of that very, very soon. So, I mean, rotation-wise, everything, who's going to make the team, who's not. But I think the O's have a really good chance, higher, higher than they have. You know, the last couple of years they've made the playoffs when they are the postseason when they did 16 and 14 of going to the World Series. I know 14, it kind of still sticks in the mind of those fans. They're, yeah, they had a shot. But yeah. I think this team has as good a shot as any team in Orioles history to get to the World Series and to be playing um, meaningful, meaningful, meaningful baseball late into October. You can watch game one of the World Series and every game of the World Series, really. Fox 45, October 27th. That's game one. The hope is that the O's are the team representing the American League in the World Series. We're hoping. We're hoping. And and last thing we'll say with this, there's so much that can happen within the week. It'll be very curious, and we saw it last year. It's hard taking that many days off, especially when you've been go, go, going. Now I think this Orioles team will be ready to rock and roll, but that is something to watch. But hey, at least for the next few days, those fans relax. You don't have to worry about your heart rate. There's not going to be stressful situations just yet. But come October 7th, you're going to be packing the yard. The place is going to be going nuts. Get you're not those... going to be able to hear yourself yeah. think. This is going to be a very, very special day, October 7th. And hopefully, like Rock said, the playoffs can continue to run through Birdland for the entirety of of the postseason. Get those orange rally towels ready. Can't wait to see them. That's going to do it for episode 22 of Rip and Rock. You can find us on Apple, Spotify, Amazon, iHeartRadio, really wherever you get your podcasts. Download, subscribe, review. Let us know how we're doing because we can't get any better as you guys are telling us how we're doing. So we appreciate you tuning in. As always, for Ryan Ripkin, I'm Rocco DeSangro. See you next time. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. <laughs> Auto Trader.